Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Around the Corner podcast from CoveringTheCorner.com. Uh, I am your co-host, Brian Hemminger, and joined today by fellow co-host, Matt Schlichting. Matt, how you doing today, man? I'm doing okay, all things considered. It has been a wild month. Yes, it has. <laughs> the month before it was wild, too, and so was the one before that. I think if July ends up being wild, we can officially call it a crazy year. Yes. Mathematically, at least. As this podcast rolls, uh, we talk all things Cleveland Guardians prospects. Um, and it has been a very wild month for top Cleveland Guardians prospects. Like, absolutely insane, to be honest. And even a great month for some guys that aren't top Guardians prospects. Yeah, um, that guys that might be become top Guardians prospects. Yeah, a couple of them better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'd think. <laughs> well, as always, we'll go ahead and kick things off at the top. Yeah, so remember, you know, like a month ago, it was even longer than that, when we were like, what's wrong with George Valera? Nope, there's nothing wrong with George Valera. This guy just continues to rake. This is his third straight podcast, which spans uh, seven weeks now, and he is still putting up ridiculous numbers. I mean, at this point, the only reason he hasn't been promoted to AAA is because there are four guys in the outfield of AAA that are all raking in the outfield. So uh, anyway, Valera, um, over the past two weeks, WRC plus of a 147 slashed 289, 360, 556. I'd say the only concerning thing was uh, walk rate was a little low. You know, he'd been walking uh, high double digits, but he was at 8%. Um, struck out 24%, which isn't terrible. And then out of his uh, hits, he had 13 hits and mixed them up well. Two doubles, two triples, two home runs, and seven singles. Scored 11 runs. Got hit by a pitch. So just... All around, really solid effort there from Valera. I am in love with the organizational focus on extra base hits writ large instead of just home runs. And so seeing Valera legging out three triples, ooh, that's that's slug. That's a very real slug right there. Yeah, it's only one off a home run in terms of slugging. So. Yeah. Um, it's also going to be hilarious to me if Valera gets stuck in Akron for a while because there's too many good outfielders at AAA. What <laughs> in the world? If you told me that, I don't know, two months ago, like <laughs> yeah, literally you mean, right before this seven-month stretch, I'd have been like, what are you talking about? No. Yeah. Entering the season, outfield was the biggest question mark in the system, and now we have too many. I just wish they'd call up some of those guys at AAA that are doing so well because they're still struggling at the major league level. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, I know Miles Straw has a five-year contract, but maybe uh, I think he's got options. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't want to go too down the rabbit hole on the major league outfielders, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's nice that we have a number of options that appear to be absolutely ready to go. Yeah, uh, should really the team know. decide it's time to make a move. Well, let's continue to our number two prospect and welcome back, Brian Rocchio. This is crazy. Our shortstop at double A went ahead and slashed 359, 422, 795. Yeah. Uh, that's good for a 218 WRC plus over there in the Eastern League, I guess. That Very means he is, he's better than two good players yeah that's how that works wrc plus that it's like a anything over 100 means you're that much of a percentage better than league average and then the the dot one eight yeah that so, that's like seven of me that's pretty good <laughs> so he's 118 percent better than uh, a good player yeah and he again that slugging percentage, did he hit four home runs? You bet, but he had five doubles in there too. Mm -hmm. Like 
out of 14 of his hits, nine of them went for extra bases. And he walked five times. Why not? Yeah. And only struck out five. Just incredible stretch of games for Rokio. He's ready to go up to AAA now, too. Like, we have hit this point now where some of these guys, I I think they're, if they're not ready, they're really close, and they are rocketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've been waiting for Rokio to break out um, all season, honestly. So... Uh, this was a really good sign. And, and you know what? These numbers don't even include his three-hit game that he had today. So, hey! Yeah. So, yeah, he, I mean, he's not slowing down in the least. Another, so it's, it's always a good sign. Uh, another middle infielder, number three on our list, Tyler Freeman. Yeah. Uh, you know, Freeman didn't have a bad two-week stretch. He was pretty much uh, average to above average. Uh, slashed 271, 327, 333. I'd say the biggest problem was, you know, just a lack of uh, pop out of his hits. Like even, you know, doubles are good, but out of 13 hits, 12 were singles. He did manage to, to get a home run in there too, but WRC Plus was just uh, 81. And I think the biggest problem out of all those numbers to me is the 3.8% walk rate because he had been showing some real signs of improvement in that area in, uh, I'd say, the entire last month, and it seems like he uh, regressed a little bit in that department, but he did make up for it, got hit by another two pitches. <laughs> so, This is actually, it's been fun to keep an eye on his ability to draw walks over his development in the system, because we've definitely seen it in some of the more recent podcasts, his ability to avoid outs, I suppose, but having him, I guess slip back a little bit this last couple of weeks, like you said. Uh, now we get to... It's kind of cool to see a guy doing the work, how he responds to... Obviously, it didn't work this past week as well as it had been So for this last two weeks, so let's see how he does from here. It'll be fun. And the good news is he's still not striking out much at all. So Right. Uh, moving on, our favorite pitcher, Daniel Espino, still not back. Basically... Everything that I've heard was, you know, when he first got, uh, you know, pulled, it was knee tendonitis. And the newest thing was that, you know, while rehabbing the knee tendonitis and, and resting that, he had some shoulder soreness. So haven't heard anything about any need for intervention in terms of like any surgeries or anything. But you always get a little nervous when you hear shoulder. But from everything I'm hearing, he's in Arizona rehabbing. And uh, the shoulder has really been what slowed him down in terms of uh, his uh, ability to get back on the mound. Given that it's a shoulder, I say they take as long as it takes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's still, what, 20, 21 years old at AA as one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. So uh, MLB Pipeline just updated its top 100 again. And I think he was either number 10 or number 11 in all of baseball, the second highest rated pitcher and Jeez. the youngest pitcher. So very exciting. Still, yeah. Very, very exciting young arm. So just get healthy, Daniel. And I hope we get to see you this season at some point, but just take your time. The, the last thing we want to do is rush him back. And then he makes like two bad starts and then goes right back on the injured list. Now, another player who had been injured for a little bit, but has returned and is now on the Major League Ball Club, Gabriel Arias. Well, he was on the Major League Ball Club. Gasp. (laughs) They called him up for four games. Um, He got, in those four games, he had 11 uh, at-bats, 12 plate appearances, had one walk, one single, struck out five times. Welcome to the show. And I think he had a a toot plan, if... uh, you know what that is. Oh, yeah. I saw it live. It was not fun. Oh, I yeah. was very unhappy. <laughs> so it was not a good showing. And it was super frustrating for me because basically he was called up and the corresponding move was placing Oscar Gon- Gonzalez on the injured list. Like, I like Gabriel Arias. I think that he has a very bright future. But out of all of these elite prospects that we have, he was not the one that was, you know, playing well at the time. 
like he was just barely settling back in after his uh, hand or wrist injury that he sustained. Right. Got him out of action for about a month. Um, like he was literally just getting back into the thick of things. And then they called him up. I just don't know what they're doing with him. It made no sense. And he clearly, you know, showed that he wasn't ready right now to be facing major league pitchers, like just swinging at stuff, not even close to the zone. And they did it to replace an outfielder that got placed on the injured list. Why not call up one of these four outfielders that is absolutely raking? Yeah. We've got Alex Call, Nolan Jones, Will Brennan, and Will Benson all tearing up uh, AAA. Every single one of them. Like, it's, in it's silly. Crazy numbers. And their corresponding move to Oscar Gonzalez uh, going on the injured list is to call up the one guy on Columbus that was not hitting well. They were scoring like 11 runs a game for a week straight. And he was the only guy on the team that was not really contributing to that. And he was the one. Like, I don't know. What's that say to those other guys that are not? Nah, I don't know. It's just super frustrating for me that the guys are not being rewarded for their incredible play. I would have thought Alex Call would have been a pretty easy yeah, he's, call and, up to make. He's the one guy that's right-handed, if that really matters. Um like he's a little been, bit older. I don't think they're necessarily as concerned about the, the service time. But oh, absolutely not. That's that's why I think it made sense. He deserves it. He wasn't on, on the 40-man, though, so they would oh, have had no, to make a 40-man move. Oh, they, no, we have too many good players. <laughs> but then they go and bring back Oscar Mercado. So. Right? I Look, I like yeah, Oscar Mercado yeah. a lot, and I understand it makes sense to bring back a guy who is with the org because he just gels right back in. But these guys... Let's get. Let's just get to Nolan. What did Nolan Jones do, Brian? God damn it, <laughs> Nolan Jones. You know he has been playing outfield the entire time, yep. and he was sensational. Mm-hmm. Uh, batted three thirty three with a four twenty nine on base percentage, six forty three slugging. Say that again. Six forty three slugging. A WRC plus of one eighty. Um, Struck out 22%, walked 14%. Hello. Uh, stole three bases. Hit, th- hit three home runs, a triple, two doubles. I mean, 15 runs batted in, 12 runs scored over a two-week stretch. I think he, it's And he's on the 40, man. And he's hitting, he has an OPS at AAA against left-handed pitchers of over 1,000. You don't even need to platoon him. I know it. It's um, he could be your guy that replaces a right-handed bat <laughs> in the outfield because he can hit lefties. He's been able to hit lefties for two seasons now. So I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Like they're trying to balance, let the kids play with contend, and I don't know. If this was a week ago, I'd still be really happy. But this has been a week of get swept by the Tigers and Red Sox and. Lose, oh, I think we've lost like nine out of ten. I mean, it's just maybe worse than that. So I don't know. It, it, it eats away at your soul a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but Nolan's been so good. Like literally, he took like one week to to figure it out after he got back from his injuries, and he has been incredible ever since. Like he is, he is ready. He's 24 years old. He's hitting, he's hitting for power. He's getting on base. His strikeout rate is down. He's ready. Brian, he might need to work on his fielding. (laughs) He's in the outfield. (laughs) So is Ernie Clement, right? (laughs) Like, come on. I know. No, no disrespect to Ernie. He is the guy who does whatever is asked for him. And that's fucking awesome. However, Nolan Jones is ready. Okay, well, let's talk about a pitcher that actually pitched. Um, (laughs) uh, Let's hear about uh, the one true Logan Allen. This is a wild couple of weeks. So he went ahead and started two games for us. We'll we'll do this a little out of order. Uh, 15.3 strikeouts per nine, a walk rate of 6.1%. No intentional walks, no hit pitchers, or no hit hit batsmen, no wild pitches. ERA of 7.04. Walk rate of 6.5. Uh, gave up a couple of bombs. 
interesting so, times. Yeah. So disclaimer, basically Logan Allen had his one of his best starts of the season at double A, where he went seven innings, allowed one run on two hits, one walk, 11 strikeouts. Okay. Right? Like that's player of the week worthy if he gets even close to that twice. But then he got promoted to triple A. And in his AAA debut, he did not get out of the first inning. Welcome um, to the show. Yeah. <laughs> so so in Logan Allen's AAA debut, he went two-thirds of an inning, uh, gave up six hits, and walked a guy, and gave up five earned runs. You know, there is something to be said for just tanking your first time out there. It's like, well, that's over with. Can't feel any worse than this. Unfortunately... Don't tell I, me. Hang no. On. Oh, yeah. no. Uh, I think he was the starting pitcher today. It's not in like the official stats yet. Not as bad. Okay. But still bad. Okay. Well, we'll um, I guess, so, review the carnage next, uh, yeah. next time we record. So the good news is he made it longer than one inning. Well, and he's striking, he was striking guys out. I'm wondering. Yeah, his his two outs that he recorded in his AAA debut were both strikeouts. Yeah, I'm wondering. Obviously, it's hard to. I'm not even going to wonder. Tell us yeah. about a much better week that our friend Gavin Williams had. Well, it's kind of funny. Um, Gavin Williams had a very similar situation happen. It's just he wasn't punished quite as severely. So punished. Gavin Williams, as you all know, was promoted to double A recently. And now it wasn't his first double A start. It was his third. But in that third double A start, he did not get out of the first inning. (laughs) He went two thirds of an inning, walked three guys, gave up a hit and uh, got two strikeouts and they yanked him. But only one run came around to score. So it didn't kill uh, his overall numbers. Uh, but then in his next start, his most recent one, again, this was at double A, uh, he had his best double A start out of his four appearances so far, where he went six and two thirds innings, struck out six, didn't walk anybody, allowed one unearned run on four hits. So over those, yeah, over those two appearances, even though the one was not a good appearance, he only allowed one earned run. So that's why his numbers look a lot better than Logan Allen's, even though they had a very similar situation happen where they both only went two thirds of an inning in a start. So interesting that they yanked him that quickly, didn't let him try to get into a little bit more trouble, I guess. But yeah, and I should point out that. In the new top 100 uh, on MLBpipeline.com, Gavin Williams is now coming in at number 81 overall. Hello. I like it. Please give me more of this. (laughs) Um, I will have a couple other interesting tidbits to add as we get a little bit further into our top 10 players. Yes. Can I uh, lead us into number nine? Absolutely. John Kenzie Noel. Let's hear it. He slashed 263, 364, 763. Yep. That's a 194 WRC plus in his lands. Um, six home runs. Sure. Five um, of those were at double A. He's been promoted. It's Yeah, it's been funny. The Akron Rubber Ducks Twitter account is amazing. Please mm-hmm. follow them. Like it, it, Their Instagram account is excellent too, but I... Anyway... All of their socials hilarious, and they've been having fun with Noel showing up and just blistering the ball. And the other funny thing about it is he hits so many home runs, he ends up with a weird BABIP of 211. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, yeah, just a ridiculous week. Eight RBIs, even drew five walks along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't really matter that he struck out 13 times. I don't care. Look at that slugging percentage, 763. Yep. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, he had two multi-home run games in Akron so far already. It's insane. Yeah, I've been blown away by his response to getting called up. Like, I was like, you know what? His strikeout rate's a little scary at uh, high A, 
Um, you know, what's going to happen is he's facing, you know, what has traditionally been one of the toughest jumps from any single A level to double A. And he immediately just started torch torturing pitchers. Mm-hmm. So um, really, really impressed about John Kenzie Noel's uh, adaption to double A. And uh, that brings me to my fun tidbit. Um, they just announced the participants of the Futures game, or at least some of them. John Kenzie Noel will be representing the Cleveland Guardians in the Futures game. Cool. As will George Valera. Oh, I hope we see a couple of monstrous home runs. That would be fun. What's funny is, you know, this organization is known for elite pitching, and I haven't heard anything about any pitchers yet. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. Do the organizations have a say in who they send? I do not know. Hmm. That's fun. Everybody knows the pitchers are great. This year, they're trotting out. I will say Hmm. I'm annoyed that the Futures game is seven innings still. Yeah, that's dumb. Play nine. Grow a pair of innings. We have a debut in our top ten with the graduation of Richard Palacios, um, who has remained on the Cleveland roster long enough to lose his rookie status. Um, we have decided to include a certain Bo Naylor, uh, who was a former, maybe even top five prospect that fell off after a tough season last year where he spent the whole year at double A, jumped multiple levels and struggled. This year, he is making up for it in a big way. He was raking so hard at double A that they promoted him to triple A and he still put up insane numbers uh, over his past two weeks. So Bo's line here was a uh, 350 with a 449 on base percentage and 600 slugging at a WRC plus at triple A of 176. He walked more than he struck out. Um, with a 16.3% walk rate, 14.3% strikeout rate. And out of his 14 hits, uh, four were doubles and two were home runs. He even stole a base. I'm going to feel so vindicated when this dude's an (laughs) (laughs) all-star. He is definitely exciting. Um, It's great to have Bo back. Um, Honestly, he has been really strong all season. So I am really happy that we'll be getting to inform our listeners about him every week. Or every inform week. the men. <laughs> yeah, I'm obviously excited to see him getting promoted and not really slowing down at all. What, what I really can't wait for is to see a back-to-back Naylor Jacks. We won't have to wait for long. I'm wondering, with the catching situation being the way it is, uh, how long would Naylor have to play like this for the Guardians to finally say, okay, I guess it is this year. Fine. There you go. Probably not. Um, Just because, I mean, he's only been at AAA for not even a month yet. But uh, he's definitely going to have an opportunity to get a starting spot next season. I mean, I don't think we have anybody in the way. Hedges, (laughs) I mean, Hedges does not have any contract after next year, like any types of years or anything. Um, I think he's in arbitration, so, uh, you know, Maley's definitely not stepping in his way. Yeah. Uh, La Bastida's not in his way. I mean, it it is Bo's to take at this point. I guess what I mean is we have the second worst offense in the league at the catching position. Last I heard, it's in the 40s as far as WRC Plus is. Um, Naylor just hit 350, 450, 600, basically. Like, if he does that for another month, just let's just pretend he does it for another month and we're still trotting out a couple of guys who may or may not belong on a roster. What? So, I, 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 at a certain point, some of these guys are going to be playing so well that they're they're going to have to answer some questions and like Naylor can't possibly hit worse than those guys right now. Yeah. So uh, I want to add, I, f- I want to add a funny anecdote about Bo Naylor. Um, Zach Measle wrote a little story about six of the top prospects, top performing prospects in Cleveland system. 
Um, they were, uh, let's see here, Nolan Jones, Daniel Espino, George Valera, Bo Naylor, Will Brennan, and John Kenzie Noel. But the little tidbit he added about Bo Naylor that I just thought was amazing was he taught himself Spanish so he could be a better teammate. Isn't that cool? So high leadership, high work ethic, high intelligence, high loyalty. Like he just hit the OOTP jackpot for player development. And, you know, I'm being silly, but what a cool guy. Yep. What a cool guy. So Any. we love, we love Bowler <laughs> here on around the corner. Um, one of these days, somebody's, I'm going to hear somebody talking about Bo Naylor that I don't know. And I'm just going to go, you've heard the good news. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on, let's talk about our top five players of the week. And it was, I'll say this, it was tough not using mold, like a ton of the players from our top 10. Cause you looked at that. We had a guy with a 218 WRC plus, 180, 194, 176, 147. Those, our top 10 were scorching, okay? But we somehow had four other players that were even better. Possibly five. You're very excited about number one. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So let's talk about him. Uh, He is my uh, name this week, I believe. So yeah, can't stop Micah Priest. Uh, Micah Priest, a first baseman slash outfielder at double-A. Uh, so, so man, I don't know if you heard about this, but two weeks ago, Micah Priest had a monstrous week. And the Eastern League named him the player of the week for that week. So what did he do? He followed it up with another monster week and got player of the week again out of every player at double-A in the Eastern League. He got back-to-back Player of the Week awards. Well, good. And uh, deservedly so. Over those two (coughs) weeks, which pretty much span, you know, the time since we've talked about uh, him on this last podcast, he had a slash line of 474, 551, 1,000. 1,000. 1,000 even. Yeah. WRC plus 291. He was almost three players worth um walk rate was elite 18.4 percent uh which was higher than his uh, strikeout rate um out of his 18 hits that he had in 10 games he had three doubles a triple and five home runs he had 13 runs scored 16 runs batted in he walked nine times and he stole three bases what a beast it's very good brian It's very good. This was a guy that, you know, I've, you know, been pretty high on myself. I mean, last year he was my uh, corner covered guy. He was in there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. For most of the season. So um, he he had a a pretty strong season last year. Uh, I believe he started it at Lynchburg and moved on up to uh, Lake County. He had really good numbers at Lynchburg as a college bat. And then uh, Lake County, he was good. I don't know if he was great, but he has been by far the hottest player in the entire system over the last two weeks. And he plays first base. And he's hey, right-handed, I think. A right-handed power bat? I wouldn't my, say like insane power, but definite power. He's got some pop. Let me double check to make sure he's right-handed. He might not be. Um, nope. Left-handed. <laughs> They're always left-handed. <laughs> what can you do? He's probably got opposite field power, right? That kind of counts. Yeah. Uh, He's 6'4". He's <laughs> a big guy. Number two this fortnight is Mr. Alexfri Plainez. Yeah. So um, this is a guy that, if you remember, like there were like people like he was like almost mythological last entering last season. Uh, people were talking about like, depending on what website you looked at, he was either like, Six foot, 180 pounds, or like six five, two forty. Reports like, of the man exist, but no yeah. one's seen him. Like, and and there were just insane reports about elite contact skills, massive power potential, and then he showed up and was okay, N- like not amazing. Uh, did hit a few home runs at Lynchburg, 
uh, played full season ball. I mean, he was just good, but he has been red hot for two weeks now. He's actually on, I think, a 16-game hitting streak. Very Oscar Gonzalez-esque, though, because he has one walk the entire season. It was a nice walk. Yeah. So during this uh, two-week stretch, he has slashed 354 with a 354 on base percentage. You kind of love to see it. You, and you don't, six, but you do. Yeah. And a 667 <laughs> uh, slugging. Um, out of his 17 hits over those 11 games he played, he had eight singles, six doubles, three home runs, scored nine runs, knocked in eight, stole a base. So did keep his strikeout rate low. I mean, only... Uh, 16.7%. I mean, that's that's playable. Yet another young power bat to, to keep an, and an outfielder to keep an eye on. And I will note for curious listeners, this season, he is evidently six foot two, 180 pounds, according okay. to minor league baseball. <laughs> we'll see. Um, my brother actually got to see him play firsthand. He went to a Fort Wayne Tin Caps game when they were playing the Lake County Captains. And he got to see Alex Free, Alex Free playing as Blast a Grand Slam. Yes. So he said firsthand that this guy hits the ball very far. Uh, next up, we've got a young catching prospect from the Dominican Summer League, Jose Sedano, or maybe Sedano, uh, 17 years old out of the DSL. Um, he slashed 450. 607 700 over a period of seven games the past two weeks. They let you do that? Yeah. He had a 240 WRC plus. Uh, his BAPIP was 500. And out of his uh, nine hits, he had three doubles and a triple, um, stole three bases. Uh, and I think most impressively, uh, walked six times and was hit by two pitches and only struck out twice. So definitely a young, uh, talented prospect to keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, I believe he is leading all of the Cleveland Dominican players in hitting at this point. So A little interested. I had to check his size. Because He's a little he guy. He's a little guy. Five foot seven, 140. Yeah. This is the first time I have seen a baseball player that we've talked about who is smaller than I am. <laughs> and that's not that I'm not trying to be funny or anything. I'm just Durango might have been. Luis Durango, the guy we talked about that stole like a ridiculous amount of bases. Is there a concern with him being a catching prospect being that small? I mean, 17 years old. I mean, he's still got a few years of growing to do. Sure, I guess so, that's true. I mean, he's not done, like, his growth plates haven't even finished. <laughs> like, when they're that young, you, you can't just box them in to a specific uh, thing. So I guess uh, that's fair. And then you've got weird edge cases, like, Hato Turkoglu grew, like, yeah. two inches after he got drafted. Yep. <laughs> anyway, that, uh, you make a good point. People do continue to grow. I'm a f- kind of silly, but... Well, I mean, they don't always. It's He's just literally like, a like kid. You're, you're not going to grow if you're a 23-year-old college pitcher. <laughs> so I feel but, kind of like a dumbass. He's literally a kid. I, I'm not thinking. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just it's the Dominican Summer Leagues. So, yeah. I mean, Tell we, me. sign, we sign these guys very young. They just they they just it's sometimes it's a total crapshoot. I'm not exactly sure how like they can tell if somebody has the potential to be a star, but. Uh, they have definitely been doing a really good job of identifying a lot of young, talented offensive players. Yes. And, and like we've talked a little bit about how sometimes you see a stretch of games that like there's not just anybody that can do that. Like from time to time, just anybody can have a great week, but it takes a certain caliber of um, talent to at any level, at any point, go 412, 537, 627 for two weeks. Like, not just anybody can do that. And for him to do it at 17 in the Rookie League is exciting. Yep. Regardless and, uh, of his stature. And of our top 10 prospects that we are keeping track of, four of them were, you know, international position players. So, 
Now, granted, we traded for one, but the other three were homegrown developed. So pretty, pretty wild. Like they're, they're, they're definitely, they, they're doing something right. And there's more coming, a lot more. I continue to be excited. So our next guy on the list, Brian Rocchio. We already yeah. talked about Yeah, his... we, we couldn't exclude him when you, you put up a, a 218 WRC plus and uh, Jack four home runs. He also had a multi-home run game. Uh, I think it was a, the same night that Noel had a multi-home. So they both hit two home runs in the same game. And I think they somehow lost. Well, baseball, Brian. Yeah, <laughs> baseball. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I know you're very excited to talk about number five, and it also is a very nice segue into the corner cupboard. Yes. <clears throat> so corner cupboard, as uh, you all know, are players that were not, uh, you know, top 20 around the corner prospects that we think deserve a, a closer look that we follow along throughout the season. We're welcome to kick off or add uh, players at, throughout the season, but typically it's one position player and one pitcher that we'll be following throughout the year. Uh, my position player, Will Brennan, has <coughs> been really, really good. I mean, he has basically, he was good enough that you and I both thought that he was worthy of a corner cupboard selection in our very first podcast after the first week of the season. And he has not slowed down once all year. And uh, during this past two week stretch, he slashed, and this is at AAA because he's been promoted to AAA. Uh, he slashed 436, 500, 636, good for a 205 WRC plus. Uh, 9.7% strikeout rate, 11.3% walk rate, stole four bases, hit two home runs, and five doubles, scored 13 runs, 11 runs batted in, seven walks, six strikeouts. I mean, what more can this man do? So, you know, back in the day, playing NCAA football on PS2 or something, there's some teams where you'd like start the dynasty mode and then you'd check out the roster and you'd be like, wait, why is this 98 overall running back on the bench? And this like slow 82 overall guy starting just makes no sense. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you started a guardians franchise right now, you'd look at the outfield situation and go, is this insanity? Like, why isn't Will Brennan in, in Cleveland? Come on! <laughs> and you know what's nuts? He now has 70 runs batted in on the season. <laughs> I know that's not a number that matters in terms of, you know, in the important statistics. Oh. But we were all praising Jose Ramirez's name for leading the league and runs batted in for so long. And I think Jose's had like one run batted in over the last like three weeks. But Will Brennan had 39 runs batted in at double A before they promoted him. And that was in 36 games. And then in 34 games at triple A, he's got 30 runs batted in. He's never had a bad year. Nope. He's pretty much just consistently raked. And as far as I know, like I, I, I don't have a good read on his fielding ability. Oh, uh, it's good. Ability, but He's good. Okay. Good defense. It's just, I feel like I'm like, everybody missed this guy. Like, like fan graphs didn't even have him in their top like 70. Yeah. I don't even know. They don't have, they have nothing about him. him. They have yeah. absolutely nothing. Like he, he it's very is funny. from from everything that I've seen. He has a very similar profile to Stephen Kwan, except he's faster and <laughs> bigger and hits harder. This man is a problem. Will Brennan is just a problem, and everyone's gonna have to deal with it. That's all. Yeah, I'm. I am on board with Team Brennan. I mean, honestly, if I had my way, if I was the Indians Guardians GM. I would have Will Brennan starting center field. We were aware of him and thought it would be worthwhile to keep tabs on him, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, I, you remember last year, you know, Owen Miller watch because he was batting like 500 for the first like two or three weeks of the season, but then he slowed down, right? 
Will Brennan never slowed down. <laughs> He's gotten better. <laughs> I, I have no more good things to say. Yeah. So uh, I let's hear about yours. I have made a change in the cupboard. We say farewell to Daniel Schneeman and we thank him for his time here in the corner cupboard. We have moved on to, uh, and I'm doing air quotes here, infielder Jake Fox. Several folks on Twitter just earned 10 points for guessing correctly. He slashed 371, 511, 514, the 20% walk rate. He had two doubles, excuse me, three doubles and a triple. He hasn't really had home run power that I've seen yet. but He's he's hit three so far this season, but yeah, that's not a a strong point of his game. But again, he's 19 years old. Right. And very often guys at that age who are hitting doubles turn into players that obliterate the ball over the fence later on. But it's nice to see a kind of profile emerging where even if the power doesn't develop, that could be a valuable major league bat. Uh, and they have been using him in the outfield at times this season, in addition to his natural positions in the infield. Although I'm beginning to wonder with the nature of like travel showcases or travel baseball and showcase events, like to what extent is there actually like I wonder if a lot of guys kind of get to a point where when they get drafted or are ready to get into a system, they, they kind of know a lot of different positions and there might be a certain type of player who like, they're just a great all around athlete. And so maybe it's worth seeing if their instincts are better at center or short or second. I don't know. It feels like positions aren't nearly as sticky as they used to be. Well, especially for the the really good, you know, middle infield athletes, they're able to kind of get moved around a little bit Um, because, you know, to, to be a shortstop, you have to be, you know, quick reflexes. You have to be a good athlete. You have to have a good arm. Um, You have to be able to field clearly. So I think Cleveland has identified that and gone, okay, we're just going to get a ton of good shortstops. The very best of the best of the best will stay there. And then we're just going to start moving them around. <laughs> and it seems like uh, Jake Fox this year has spent 24 games in center field, five at shortstop, and six as designated hitter. This guy's interesting. I really like him. I think it's a great selection. I think uh, he's not going to be eligible for corner covered next year because he's going to be uh, a top 20 uh, covering the corner prospect. In my Most opinion. likely. And I think... One of the uh, top 100 lists I looked at recently, I think he was already up at 27, 28. So. Yep. And uh, if uh, you remember last year, Cleveland drafted uh, out of their 21 picks in 20 rounds, they took 18 college pitchers. But in the third round, they selected Jake Fox at a, as a high school bat uh, uh. and position player. So they clearly saw something they really liked with him. Um, and, and he immediately played well. He actually went to the Arizona League and in 13 games, in 13 games, so this wasn't like just some real small sample size, and 49 plate appearances, he slashed a 405, 469, 425 with a 147 WRC plus last year. And so far, he's put up a 136 WRC plus for the season mm-hmm. at Lynchburg, full season ball, so... I, I am all aboard with uh, Team Fox. I think he's a great pick. Can't wait to see what he does each and every week when we talk about our our guys. I'm not going to lie. Part of the reason I've started keeping tabs on him is because he's also from Central Florida, but whatever. Hey, nothing wrong with that. We've we've had uh, some good success with players from uh, Central Florida. You can in, play uh, baseball all year in the middle of a damn swamp. <laughs> <laughs> So moving on, we've got uh, my pitcher, and he is none other than Baby Kershaw, Will Dion. Um, and Will had a very, very strong uh, two-week period. Um, during that time, he has made three starts. Two of those starts were insane. The first start went six innings where he tossed 
six shutout innings with eight strikeouts and a walk, allowed uh, five hits. Um, his most recent start, he set a career-high double-digit strikeouts, 10 strikeouts, and over six innings, allowed one run on a solo shot. So, uh, And then in the middle there, he allowed three runs in four and two-thirds innings. So overall, during his three starts, he lasted uh, 16 and two-thirds innings, put up a 2.16 ERA, uh, struck out 22, walked six, allowed uh, four earned runs on uh, 13 hits. So really, really strong showing from Will Dion. And I don't think that he'll be pitching for Lynchburg much longer. <laughs> it seems like it might be time. Speaking of players no longer pitching in Lynchburg. Jack Leftwich is very good. He pitched three games as starter, had an ERA of 2.14 in 18 and two-thirds innings. Strikeouts per nine of 8.68. Walks per nine, 1.93. Very efficient. Gave up 13 hits. Struck out 18 batters. Walked four. You wouldn't mind seeing, I don't know, a, a, a lower whip? Why not 0.7 or 0.6? I just, maybe that's asking too much. I don't know. I, I will give him this, especially... Out of all these players that we've been bringing up recently that got promoted and then had a, a rough start um, in their debut at the new level, Jeff, Jack Leftwich did the exact opposite. Um, he got When he got promoted in his last start uh, to High A Lake County, he went six and a third innings of shutout baseball, only allowed one hit in that time period, and then struck out four, walked two. So he was sensational in his high A debut. So massive props to Jack Leftwich. He his season has been incredible because he started the year as a piggyback guy. Like somebody else would start and go like three innings, and then he would come in and go like three innings. Yeah, he's taken over. And he just kept outperforming the starter <laughs> to the point where they're like, okay, screw it. You can start. And then he had a 10 strikeout game um, in one of his starts here uh, during this two week stretch, he went seven innings and struck out nine um, and allowed just one run. And that was his second to last start at Lynchburg. So, I mean, Cleveland was like, all right, all right, we give up. <laughs> like fine. These, these, these batters in the Carolina league are, are sick of you. Uh, let's, we'll send you up to Lake we're, Look, we're getting letters. Uh, it's pretty bad. It's, and, it's unfair. Well, we got, you gotta go. Yep. So it's, it's been, it was, it's been a really good two week stretch for both of our corner covered pitchers. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, I guess we can gloat a little bit, right? Yeah. We're, we know, we know some good prospects when we see them. Uh, and props to me for giving up on Aaron Davenport and jumping on the Will Dion train within like <laughs> one podcast. He's Davenport out. hasn't even been terrible. It's just Dion's been way better. So he's having quite a season. Yeah. So I believe we're on to um, transactions. Oh yeah, we've had a ton. So we've given away several of them, but we'll uh, go over them again as they are like at least the most important ones. So let's start with uh, Quentin Holmes, former top draft pick the year that uh, Tyler Freeman was selected. He was activated at Lake County. I think uh, his first game, he went two for four with a double. So he is playing right now in the outfield. This one was a little surprising. Uh, Victor Nova, uh, he was, I think, the last guy we got at the time, he was in Arizona during the Trevor Bauer trade, um, and he was released. So they let him go. So at this point, all we have left from the Trevor Bauer trade is Framil Reyes. So maybe that trade didn't uh, turn out quite as good as we thought. Then we had, let's see here, uh, left-handed pitcher Matt Turner was assigned to Lake County from the Arizona Rookie League. Kirk McCarty was called up for a spot start in a doubleheader, DFA'd, and then claimed by Baltimore. So he is no longer in the organization. 
Ryan Webb, a fourth round pick in last year's draft. At the time that we drafted him, he was recovering from Tommy John surgery. So he was one of those guys that was kind of a lottery ticket. And he has been making a few rehab starts in Arizona. And he now was promoted to Lynchburg. So he will be getting stretched out and we'll see what we got there out of a a pretty high draft pick. So keep an eye on Ryan Webb moving forward. Also, let's see here. Uh, John Kenzie Noel was promoted to double A. We had Tanner Bybee and Gavin Williams promoted to double A from Lake County. And we had Xavion Curry and Logan, the one true Logan Allen promoted to triple A from double A. And as we mentioned earlier, Jack Lefwich promoted to high A from Lynchburg. So there has been a ton of movement in the Cleveland system. I think I caught everything or at least all the most uh, significant ones. Well, as you know, we get a flood of letters through the post office every time you miss one of these. So I'm counting on you to have nailed it, Brian. I, <laughs> I cannot go through all these letters again. That's okay. I'll, I'll take the brunt of it. I'll read the hate mail. Um, no, it, thank you for going through them again. It's This was a really interesting couple of weeks, especially because of some of the promotions. Um keeping track several of. top prospects getting promoted so yeah and and guys that we've just been keeping track of mm-hmm. so uh if that's all that we have for this week i'm i have a, a quick poem i'd like to share from a man named ee e. gammings if i may let's hear it <clears throat> such a brush such a short stop No water tower is too dominant for barnacle chasers. No governor can have too many brushes. Caution.